Login authorized. Welcome. Welcome to Innova Solutions podcast series, practical advice to advance in your professional career from the experts, moving at the speed of you. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of the Innova Solutions podcast series. Today, I am so excited to be talking about one of my favorite topics, imposter syndrome. And joining me today is Gabby Salazar. She's one of our business communications associates, and she is part of the global learning and development team here at Innova Solutions. Gabby, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So before we jump into questions, would you mind unpacking what imposter syndrome is? Sure. So imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which a person doubts their skill, their talent, their accomplishments, and they sort of have this internalized fear of uh, being exposed as a quote-unquote fraud. So despite any evidence of their competence, those people uh, remain convinced that they are frauds and that they don't deserve what they have achieved. So... I heard you mention fear. What are other core characteristics of imposter syndrome? So I think one of the biggest is this persistent self-doubt, right? So people with imposter syndrome believe that they are not qualified for their job or their role. And even when they have evidence of the contrary, right? And focusing on this fear, it's a fear of exposure that we're talking about. So the worry that they will be found out as a fraud and that their incompetence will be exposed to everyone, right? So fear of exposure. And then there's also this attribution of success to external factors. So sometimes they think of timing as a factor or luck or anything that might be out of their control rather than thinking about their skills and abilities contributing to their success. And then last but not least, we also have dismissiveness of compliments. So sometimes people with this imposter syndrome might dismiss compliments or praise from others, believing that they do not deserve this. I totally get that. And it resonates with me on so many levels, it's almost laughable sometimes. But weird question here is, are there any misconceptions about imposter syndrome that maybe could use some clarification? Yes. So I think we've all experienced it at some point, right? And a big uh, and a common misconception about imposter syndrome is that it is only experienced by high achievers. However, imposter syndrome can affect anyone, regardless of their level of success. So that's something that might happen, um, that what we might feel that it is maybe external to us, but it might happen to all of us. Another misconception is that it is a sign of weakness. In fact, it is a very common experience and it is actually a sign of intelligence and self-awareness. Interesting. I love that part. Um, maybe you could give us some understanding of what some of the consequences could look like in people with imposter syndrome. Of course. 
So reduce productivity, right? People with imposter syndrome might be afraid of taking risks or new challenges or speaking up at meetings uh, or fear of making a mistake or being exposed as a fraud. So this can lead to reduced productivity and career stagnation in general. So that's, that's one, right? And then we have increased stress and anxiety. So this can be a major source of stress, right? People with imposter syndrome may constantly worry about being exposed and they might feel that they have to work twice as hard as everyone else to prove themselves. So this can definitely lead to burnout and other health issues. And another thing that we can mention here is the difficulty in building relationships. So people with imposter syndrome can have this difficulty with relationships with colleagues and supervisors. They might be afraid to ask for help or share their ideas, you know, for fear of being judged or rejected. So that's definitely something that affects their relationships as well. And so what I'm hearing is imposter syndrome almost seems like the symptoms of external opinions and everything that everyone else that is looking at you, right? Definitely. And that's definitely the kind of conjuring up of all those insecure feelings what can team members, organizations, or even societies do to promote awareness or even support for those who are facing imposter syndrome? That's a really good question. So the first thing we can all do is educate ourselves, right? And educate others as well. So many people are not aware that this syndrome even exists, or they might not realize that they are experiencing it, right? So by edu educating themselves, uh, we can help them understand that they are not alone and that there are things that we can do to manage this, right? So for example, schools and universities can teach students through uh, health and wellness classes or workshops, seminars. Employers can also do the same through programs or uh, talks, presentations. Uh, we can also have media outlets publish articles and stories to help raise awareness about this issue and reduce the stigma associated with it. And mental health organizations can definitely provide resources and support for people with imposter syndrome. This can be online resources, support groups, therapy services, and speaking about reducing the stigma associated with imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome can be a very isolating experience. People might feel like they cannot talk about what they are going through because they are afraid of being judged. So by reducing the stigma associated with imposter syndrome, we can create a more supportive environment for those uh, who want to come forward and seek help. And also, last but not least, providing these resources and support for those with imposter syndrome. There are many resources available, uh, like support groups and online resources that can help promote the awareness. And we can help by making these resources more accessible to people. Yeah, you know, that's great. And it makes a ton of sense. So if we flip the coin and look at the other side, where now we're looking at ourselves, and I know that you know self-care is a big part in how we can help, I guess, promote yourself, if you will, right? So what does self-care play into combating imposter syndrome 
And how can people develop more self-care practices within their everyday life? That is a great question. So self-care, and and let's focus a little bit on self-compassion here. So this is the practice of being kind and understanding towards yourself, right? So even if you make mistakes, it's important for combating imposter syndrome because it helps us accept ourselves as we are, flaws and all, right? And to develop more of this self-compassion or self-care, we need to be kind to ourselves, first of all, right? So you can talk to yourself in a supportive and understanding way, right? Instead of saying, I'm a failure, we can say, I made a mistake, but I can learn from it. Also, acknowledging your strengths and accomplishments, right? We can also develop our self-compassion by acknowledging everything that we do and remind ourselves of our positive qualities and achievements. And last but not least, being patient with yourself. Change takes time and developing self-compassion is definitely not an exception there. So be patient with yourself and celebrate the little things, right? The, the, all of the progress along the way. Yeah. I just want to circle back a little bit because I said self-care and then you came back with self-compassion. And I think this is really important here. Uh, what I'm hearing is self-compassion is almost really how you're talking to yourself and the lens in which you do that. Exactly. Yes. That's a really big differentiator from self-care and self-compassion. Yeah, but I think self-compassion is definitely part of self-care, right? Self-care has to do with sleeping well and treating yourself, your body like a temple and all of that, right? So I think self-compassion is sort of like the part in our mind where we have to be kind to ourselves mentally and emotionally, right, as well. Can imposter syndrome be channeled into personal growth and development? So imposter syndrome can be definitely channeled into this part of personal growth and development. When people with imposter syndrome experience their negative thoughts and feelings, they can use them as an opportunity to learn and grow. For example, if a person has the thought of, I'm not smart enough to do this job, they can ask themselves, what specific skills or knowledge do I need to improve? And once they have identified these areas for improvement, then they can develop a process or a plan to address them, right? And imposter syndrome can also motivate people to challenge themselves and step outside of their comfort zone. For example, someone might be afraid of speaking up at meetings. However, they may realize that they need to speak up in order for them to advance in their career. So. By challenging themselves to speak up, they can develop their communication skills and build confidence as well. And, you know, that's, I guess, something that I kind of grapple with too there, right? Like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not a very good speaker. What is the differentiation between a healthy self-doubt that could be leveraged to improve your skills and then imposter syndrome that could potentially inhibit some of your skill growth. Yes. So there is a difference. I mean, healthy self-doubt is normal and it's part of life. And it's the ability to recognize our limitations and to strive for improvement, right? 
On the other hand, imposter syndrome is a persistent and pervasive feeling of self-doubt and inadequacy. So people with imposter syndrome believe that they are frauds and that they do, do not deserve their success. So some key differences would be maybe in the intensity of the feeling. So a healthy self-doubt would maybe be considered a mild to moderate feeling. And then imposter syndrome would be a bit more severe. Persistence, right? So healthy self-doubt would be a temporary feeling. And then imposter syndrome is constant. It's frequent and it's persistent. The focus, right? So healthy self-doubt has specific areas for improvement. And in terms of imposter syndrome, it refers to every ability. So overall abilities. And in the impact that it might have on us, right? So with healthy self-doubt, we can get motivated and still be productive. And for imposter syndrome, it might even be paralyzing and destructive. Right, right. You had mentioned that self-doubt could create an area of improvement, potentially motivate you. How can someone turn self-doubt into a positive force? So self-doubt can be used as a motivator to learn and grow. So when we have self-doubt, it can be a signal that we need to change ourselves and to step outside of our comfort zone. For example, if we are feeling self-doubt about an ability to present to a group, and we can use this as a chance for us to practice our presentation skills and develop our confidence. And self-doubt can help us be more realistic about our expectations as well. So when we have self-doubt, we are less likely to set unrealistic goals for ourselves. And this can help avoid disappointment and frustration. Yes, that is a great thing to mention. So to start wrapping things up, how can enterprises specifically help individuals with these syndromes in and outside of the workplace? All right. So educating employees, as we said, about the syndrome and the symptoms creating a positive and supportive work environment for them to feel comfortable asking for help and sharing their ideas, providing opportunities for self and professional development, uh, which can help them build confidence in their skills and abilities, encouraging employees to take breaks and vacations to avoid burnout and other stressors as well. And outside the workplace, Enterprises can definitely sponsor mental health awareness campaigns and they can provide employees access to assistance programs or online resources. Excellent. Gabby, you have been such a source of knowledge and information. I really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Before we sign off, do you have any final thoughts? First of all, thank you for having me. And if you or anyone you know is struggling with imposter syndrome, it's important to remember that you are not alone. Imposter syndrome is a very common experience, and there are many things we can do to manage it. So reach out for support to start building self-compassion and overcome your self-doubt. And I think we can wrap that up by saying thank you for everyone who is listening. Appreciate you listening to me. Gabby. 
Thanks again. And to all of you that are listening, thank you for tuning in. We will see you on the next Innova Solutions podcast. Go farther with Innova Solutions. Thank you for tuning in to the Innova Solutions podcast, professional advice to advance in your career. For more information, visit our resource candidate library at innovasolutions.com. Moving at the speed of you. Data transfer complete.